Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcha. Another week has passed. Another week's passed. More games have been played. One of them new. You sure? I don't know, it's, it's felt like a hey, samey sort of week. I'm in a weird mood as well. I've just been hiking again on the sea Saturday um, and my feet hurt and that's really worrying because in about four weeks time I'm going to try and hike for seven days in a row of, of like, you know, average of 12 miles a day. I just did 16 miles yesterday. My feet are really achy, and I'm not sure I could do another 12 miles today. So I think every weekend between now and then, I'm going to have to... Lots of walking. Well, yeah, just just keep pushing on, keep doing it every weekend, and hopefully I'll get up to some kind of foot toughness. Is that how feet work? I believe so. I really ought to learn how feet that work. That is the science of feet. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's going to be a thing. Um, probably talk more about that nearer the time. But um, yes, so... I'm going to talk about some games instead, because um, that's what we do. Uh, I've been playing... I'm trying to get my head around Endless Legend. Have you played this? I have played it before, yes, but yeah. only briefly and a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's a, it's a casual thing. I'm trying to get my head around it. It looks... So basically, it's, it looks very much like Civ Five, um, but very f- sort of fantasy, magic-type background yeah. to it all. Um, various weird races and magical crystals and things. Um, and weird, weird magical technologies as well. But and you look at it on the face of it, like I did. I mean, I was supposed to pick it up cheapo in a Steam sale or something a while back, and I thought, oh yes, have a go at this. Plunge on into it, think, oh yeah, this is just a kind of fantasy Civ Five, and and just spent about 150 turns doing really badly and losing. So it's one of those games that sort of tricks you into thinking you know how to play it when you don't. Ah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. It, there's lots of things in there. It's like they've taken Civ Five itself, and, and which itself has gone out of its way to try and not be Civ Four. You know, yeah. the game everyone knows and, and, and knows how to play and has played lots of. And so it's got all sorts of weird mechanics in there that really punish you for playing it like it was a game of Civ. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to get my head around and understand what it's actually doing and how it's all different and what it means. So, a number of core differences. Uh, the world map is divided up into regions. Okay. This is a this is a strange mechanic. Each one, you zoom out and it's got this sort of great sort of parchment map effect when you zoom right out and you zoom in. It's so these really gloriously detailed little sort of hexagon landscape. It, it, it's a game that looks fantastic. Really, really nice sort of look and feel to it all. Um, but, yeah, it's got these regions. You only allow one city in each region. Fair enough. Each region is named, and the city sort of. I think the city doesn't. No, city takes its own name. But you're not allowed to put more than you know loads and loads of cities everywhere and go crazy on expansion like that. You have to yep. sort of conquer each region and put one city in it. You can grow the city by adding districts to it, which take the hexagon next to the city, and it grows organically like that. So one city in one region can be quite big, and presumably takes the sort of mathematical function of having multiple cities in an area, but much more rigidly defined. So that already starts to mess with my usual let's just make a massive plane full of industrial centers that can churn out tanks and redirect them all to one place type gameplay which is hard work um then you got this i mean you got um they're they're, they're really quite uh, harsh on the doom stack as well and it yeah. seems like every sort of civ type game designer these days is desperate to stop a massive pile of apache attack helicopters just stomping around the map killing everything well the thing that's completely overbalanced and uh, means you just wander across the map completely killing everything it's the basic 
it's the basic business of the game. That's the problem, though. That is that is how to play and win at Civ. So when they decide, oh, no, we don't want to do that in our game because reasons, then what you're doing there is effectively is creating an entirely different sort of game. So, you know, that's their prerogative as game yeah. designers. You can do that, certainly. So so you've got, I think, to begin with, you can only have four units on the same... So I think with Civ Five, you can't even put two things in no, the same... No, just one, I believe. Two things in the same hexagon because they're really desperate to try and get you to buy into and engage into the... the my units gain levels and XP, and every time they gain a level, you can choose a little perk for them, and that's just wasted. You know, you just don't care about any of that no. at all. If you're churning out vast <laughs> numbers of foot troops whose whose primary function is to die and take some people with them, yeah. take it, more people with exactly. I don't want to have to care about my armies. I'm I'm a ruthless despot with no humanity whatsoever. I shouldn't have to you know nurture each individual unit and track their progress and and care and and you know. You know, feel sad when they die. You know, that's yeah. not the purpose. But no, so I mean, they've really developed that in Endless Legend as well, because each you've got this sort of unit editor screen, and you can actually give them equipment. Wow, you've got little little paper doll slots for a weapon, some armor, a trinket, and so on, and those all sort of come off of the tech tree and the various strategic resources you've so got. So give an armor a hammer. Oh. Well, yeah, they got they got a, they got a sword. Get out there! I don't care. What do you want me to? Thinking provide you with the the, the, the fancy dandy armor as well. Um, so you got heroes as well. They got the same kind of strategy. They got a little leveling chart as well. Every time they gain XP and gain levels, you can buy perks on these different yeah. grid thing as well. And again, they got the same sort of. You can give them equipment as well. It's like try to sort of give it RPG elements, but it's it's a difficult thing to get your head around really because you it, they desperately want you to really care and develop and work with individual units that you've got. Um, this is further sort of complicated by the whole city upkeep happiness thing so each of your cities has a, has a little thumb symbol happiness rating and that's you know how contented they are which is fine you know you build them things like sewers and they, they don't hate you yeah which you know okay i'm willing to go that far in my tyrannical overlord regime but but then you are really really punished very harshly indeed for expansion in endless legends oh i hate it when they do that as yeah well. yeah oh yeah yeah so already you can only have one city per region yeah so you think all right well i'll scout out all these different regions around me and i'll capture each one put a city in each one and every time you do that you take a 10 percent hit on happiness for all the existing cities don't like that. i don't know perhaps there's some technology further along the tree that that's really you know that sort of mitigates that or perhaps you can buy you can build more and more you know amphitheaters and coliseums and whatever to make them happier but i mean i'm sort of in the early to mid game and i haven't really seen a lot that does that this is sewer um and there's a few other bits and pieces here and there that can give you sort of plus ratings largely to do with things that are in the terrain around you you know like local spice fields or whatever can make them happy um so and I, the, one of the early games i thought i was doing very well i'd conquered about seven or eight regions and that actually brought my unhappiness down to the point where my original capital just revolted uh, yeah. yeah so, so it's, it really wants you to build up and not out it's 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 like every design decision that i've seen in this game so far is is absolutely counter to the the traditional game of civ 4 you know the go out everywhere you know, doom stacks and vast totally against role. every way you want to play well i suppose and, and who's at fault there obviously me because i'm not approaching their game the correct way um but yeah, so so that's all a bit weird. 
So then you've got this, so you've got the usual research trees, technology and so on, and except this time it's wheels. You've got a number of different eras. I think there's about eight of them, something like that. And within that, there are there are about 10, 10 to 15 technologies within each era. Yeah. You only need eight of them to advance to the next era. Okay. And the ones in the next era are presumably much more powerful, but more costly to do, and so on and so on and so on. So already you're starting to think, so another thing I do in <laughs> in these games is I research everything and backfill upwards. Yeah. I don't just pick one strand and go all the way up. I want all of the improvements and all of the underlying underpinning infrastructure before I move forward, which means that I'm generally sort of behind on the technological race to the end, and, but then I curve up quite quickly because I've got all of those technologies yeah. as you go up. I don't have to choose from them. It's something I didn't like with Master of Orion 2. Um in that you do your scientific research and each time you, you complete the research next level next rung as it were it offers you a choice of three different technologies to pick from and yeah. the other two just go away you can trade with other player other you know, enemy players or yeah, other empires or whatever to get those back from the ones you discover but you have basically you're constantly having to make choices all the way up and i have all sorts of anxiety about that i worry i'm picking the wrong choice each time um which is often why i play the trilarians i don't know there's there's a particular race in master of Ryan 2 who's special racial perk is that they get all of the choices each time they get okay. research. So I, I always play them normally because cheat. I... Well, it's not a cheat. It's a racial advantage. There's other, other advantages I don't see an interest in that other, other race choices are picking. So... Um, yeah, so you've got this era's thing. So, so that seems to be punishing players who like to backfill technologies. <laughs> it's just this almost perfect storm of, of ways not to play Endless Legend yeah. to do well that you've learned from all sorts of other games of a similar type. I suppose, I don't know, is it right? Is it a good thing to be different for the sake of it, to create variety to make your game stand out? Or are you just being obtuse at that point? You well, know? it depends if they. Our actually... game is very much like all these other games, except we've changed the number. Around or, or it was made by someone who didn't like those other things. It's entirely possible, yeah. to, uh, I suppose we're getting into weird discussions of authorial intent, and I have no idea what these people were thinking when they made the game. So All I can say is whether I'm enjoying it or not. Games. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I'm sort of getting the hang of it. It's, it's having to learn new things, I suppose, which I, yeah. I resent on principle because I'm quite old and lazy. So, But I'm, I've got a game on the go at the moment where I'm just, just really sort of dialing it back and really focusing inward, which seems yeah. to be overall what they're trying to do. I mean, the game gets... There's a lot of other things that make the game quite interesting and unique, but also quite tricky as well. They have summer and winter. So there's two seasons on this planet, okay. uh, and they they happen. It just sort of happen suddenly. Yes, clang. Yes. Yeah, it does. Literally, there'll, there'll be a turn, and suddenly, boom! It all goes snowy, and you suddenly take a horrific amount of upkeep penalties to everything. All your units drop down to about one move per turn and can't see any any distance. You suddenly find yourself hemorrhaging vast amounts of dust, which is their money. You know the magical dust that this world is is made of. Um, you hemorrhage. You, you just start. You. I mean, the first game when this happened, I, it really took me by surprise. It's like, oh my god, what's going on here? I suddenly dropped from like plus thirty gold a turn down to about minus forty or something. Yeah. Is that kind of harsh switch over? I was selling off stuff, retract, disbanding armies just to try and keep, break even, and then that meant that when summer came around again, you had to try and raise all your armies and build everything up again. Which I don't know, but probably a, a function of me overextending too quickly. But it's a really harsh mechanic. It, it, the, you can see it in the little turn, you know, the little next turn button's got a counter on there, but it's not 
it will be winter in three turns. It will be it will be winter between in eleven to fifteen, to, yeah, eleven oh. to twenty five turns time, and you don't know somewhere within that span mm. there will be boom. Suddenly everything costs eight times as much, and you can't. That sounds move. annoying. It is very annoying. But I suppose if you know it's coming and you get the hang of it, you can learn to work around it. Don't don't build up too many armies and so on. But then it's telling me off for not having cities building stuff. You know, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. this city's not producing anything and stuff. I know it's because I don't want it to go winter and suddenly have to disband everything i've built all the useful stuff so yeah it's it's an odd game very odd so you've got this um i don't know what they call it it's this like native villages so these take the sort of function of the barbarian outpost type things from your civ games see making comp- comparisons to civilization is yes. just gonna get you in trouble with this game it really is it looks superficially enough to trick you into playing it badly if you're any good at civilization, which I, you know is an interesting thing. So yeah, each of your regions has a number of native villages, and, the, and those have various different types of races in them. Yeah. Native races, or you know, crystal people, or walrus men, or minotaurs, or whatever. Uh, and you can do quests for them. You can you can you can just steam in there and, and raise it to the ground through combat, um, or you can parlay, uh, which then they'll they'll give they'll give you a little mini quest to go and do, like come back and give us fifteen emeralds, yeah. which is a strategic resource, or or we want these ruins cleared, or or rescue some of our people from another native village, and so on. And if you do those, that then pacifies those villages in that region which means they stop sending wandering armies out to attack you all the time okay and then if you've got a city in that region and they're pacified they can actually join your empire they'll give you an extra little person in the city window which lets you move people about between the different types of production so science industry food that kind of thing standard mechanic Um, and also you can then start to build their unit the, the like the crystal people, you can actually build a crystal, you know, little crystal golem things that can actually become part of your stack of an army. So you're sort of working around with these native villages, which I suppose take the the sort of part barbarian. I mean, I think Civ Five had a whole bunch of independent mini empires, which had a similar kind of feel to them. You could try and you know work the faction bar for them, and they would give you stuff if you if they liked you lots. It's a strange game, but and I want to like it a lot more than I presently do. I mean, it's to the point where I am trying to put the effort in to get the hang, you know, get the hang of how it works and and try and make some kind of headway in there. I've cranked it down a difficulty level because it's uh, well, that's is it. I mean, I, I just plunged in there on normal difficulty. I thought, yeah, yeah this will be easy. I've played Sim before. No, my God, it's all going terribly wrong again. And you know, after sort of two or three goes of completely over tipping my resources and ratios, it's just uh, right. Hang on, let's crank the difficulty down a bit while I actually learn how to. <laughs> play this thing because despite its superficiality you know similarities to you know Civ and whatever all the rest of these other sorts of games it is its own game it has its own set of rules in a way <clears throat> and it's played on a similar kind of board but the pieces all do different stuff and there's different rules I've never heard of you know it's that kind of thing yeah someone invented their own game that uses chess board and chess pieces and you'd think oh okay I know how chess works oh my god what's going on here someone's decided to just take the basic building blocks and concepts and just totally subvert Did you do them. the tutorial? I did do the tutorial, yeah. Yeah, and it did sort of explain some of this stuff, but obviously I perhaps wasn't taking it seriously enough, I don't know. Maybe I need to do it again. I like the, I like the aesthetic of it, though. I mean, the, certainly the tiles and landscape looks fantastic. There's some great effects, like um, as you're uncovering terrain, it all sort of morphs up and down as mountains become revealed. And then when you, when you mouse wheel out, it goes from the sort of lush 
hexagon detailed terrain with all the little resources and sparkles and things on it turns into an actual parchment map with the regions all outlined and so on and you can play it from that view as well and that's quite seamlessly integrated with the mouse wheel it's just nice um yeah and i just i just want to like it because it, it there's a lot of a lot of good interesting things mind you i find myself utterly in, uninterested in the tactical combat so when two armies meet it goes into tactical combat mode uh and that's interesting because that's actually played out on the world map okay Instead of it going off to some mini zoomed in instance, which represents some typical terrain of the hex you're on, it is actually all the hexes that you are around where the two armies meet, and they sort of spread out and start using those as basically the scale changes yeah. and the individual units are on different hexes of that surrounding region. And then when the battle's finished, they all sort of run back to where they were in the middle. So, so you're taking the battles are taking place on on the overview map, and presumably the terrain there, different heights of terrain or cliffs or whatever can block got movement in the tactical combat as well but at the end of the day it is just units stood on a hex grid and you know they take turns to roll a dice at each other and you yeah. move them about I mean, it's not total war no no not at all it's not not any kind of real-time rts type combat it is entirely abstract and representative and i'm just never really that interested in that kind of combat i mean it comes up a lot in things like heroes of might and magic and similar games of that sort but <clears throat> So I, I, but it does give you the auto mode, so you can you can pick offensive, defensive, or you know a third one. I can't remember what that was, uh, and then just pick pick auto and click go, and it will just do the dice rolls and present you with the results instantly. So you can totally skip that bit if you like. And I'm just not that fascinated mm. with it really. So yeah, it's an interesting game, but it does sort of play with you a bit. It does subvert the the normal thinking, I think, compared to, you know, yet another Civ. It is not yet another Civ game, but it looks like one, you know? Yeah. Have you played Endless Space? Yes. Is that any good? Uh, It's okay. It has issues of it not being the game I want it to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I think yeah. it's something they do. Yeah. They they take the the standard tropes and they just do strange things with them, and that can be admirable. It can be a good thing because if you're sort of if you're tired of yet another Civ game, then this is not yet another Civ game. It is something entirely of its own, really. It just looks like a Civ yeah. game. But on the other hand, the downside of that is you come. I mean, mind you, I had the same, almost exactly the same kind of culture shock crashing from from being a you know seasoned Civ four player into trying Civ 5 for the first time and not having a clue what any of it meant or did. Because yeah, that was a big change. I think they had the same, you know, the, the people who made Civ obviously have of a similar opinion that, oh, God, yet another Civ game. But you're the people who make Civ games. That's what we want from a Civ game. Also, if no one's allowed yeah. to change, they have to do what they've done before forever. Well, I don't know. I suppose if you're, that far, in, if you're that far into a series, then, yeah, I suppose you're doing the same thing again and again. I don't know. I don't know, but you ta- yeah, you have to take it on its own merits. What it what it presents itself as, and and decide and give it a fair crack of the whip, yeah. I suppose. But and that's what I'm doing. I'm trying. I'm playing. I'm trying to trying to get my head around it. And I think it's going better. This last game, obviously, cranking the difficulty down helps a bit. You don't have enemy empires who know what they're doing, charging straight in on turn thirty with declaration of war. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I barely understand how to how to mine mine fish. You know, I mean, I don't want to have to deal with complex war strategies and a, and a military them fish? logistics. I don't know. No. That didn't work. So yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know. If, Do you like it? I, I don't know. This is the thing. I, I want to like it, and I can see myself starting to understand it. And it seems to be going a bit better. But that could just be because I'm Do on you idiot wish you were difficulty. Playing for? Um, no, not really. Um, no, I want to. I, I suppose I did want something different, but it's it's you know having to learn something different as I go. So yeah, that's um, <laughs> endless <laughs> endless legend there then. 
it's it's interesting. I like the the because it, it has a certain story aspect to it as well. Because each of the different empires has the, quite an interesting and unique aesthetic. They're not just the elves, the dwarves, etc. They've, you know, they've each got this little story, set of chain story missions, which present you with some sort of civilization-wide tasks to, to do in order, and it, un- it does a bit more prose as each one unlocks. And I've gone with uh, the Ardent Mages, who are a kind of... They're, they're a society obsessed with the power of pain and magic, a sort of masochist empire who use pain to fuel their magics, and they're really into the science tech stuff. So I think they are the sort of scientific empire. There's a there's a bunch of long-eared, sort of rabbit-eared, druid-type tree people who have a big affinity with nature. There's there's um, there's uh, I think vault dwellers, not actual fall- somewhere similar to Fallout. <laughs> they, they they've come from some underground vault thing that got bust open during an earthquake and they're out and about exploring the world and there's another load who are the descendants of a crashed spaceship crew okay. trying to trying to rebuild whatever so you know it's like they've taken again there's there's it's all the you know the standard you hear your dark elves here your dwarves here your noble humans and they've just thought no no we're not gonna do any of that <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah again and, and look, there's no standard sorts of resources glass steel what's that i don't know yeah yeah it's, it's still made of glass it's very magic-y um but almost everything about the game is not quite what you'd expect, which is unusual and interesting. And I thought, yeah, okay, it'll just be some, you know, quite pretty and aesthetically pleasing looking Civ type game. And it's it's nice, turning out to be something quite different. It's turning out to be its own game, which is mm. interesting. So yeah, I think I recommend it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it some more go and see how I get on, I guess. But yeah, I recognise it is it is a good game. That's whether I can be bothered to learn another set of rules and another system. I don't know. But uh, I suppose I'd be probably quite cross if it was just Civ, Civ 4 with different names on everything. Yeah. So would Civ 4. Mm. So, why don't you talk about a thing? Xbox Games with Gold right. uh, introduced uh, Trials Fusion okay. as their free game before the end of this month. So I've been playing that. Uh, have you ever played a Trials game? Trials HD. Is yeah. this the side-scrolling motorbike jumpy yes. thing? Right. So, yeah, you, you're basically side-scrolling motorbike. You have accelerate, brake, and tilt. Okay. And also restart mm. as your controls. I'm thinking of, what was it, Kickstart? There's something on the spectrum that was broadly similar. Oh, it's way better than that. Mm. Uh, so you, you're just following this crazy route along. Uh, so you'll go down a jump. You'll need to make sure you land right to so tilt down so you come down a slope or mm-hmm. do a little uh, flip at the top because you can or do a backflip to uh, land on another platform kind of thing. Yeah. And the core feature of the game the key point that makes it interesting mm. is the fact that you've got the ghosts of your friends playing at the same time oh well wow. and um at the end it rate, ranks you against all your friends oh so what you can it will basically save your go and upload it to some cloud yeah. or something yeah and, and so your when you're playing you'll okay. see this is this person ahead of you as you play or you're currently ahead of them or and oh, at the yeah. end it'll say you beat this person Okay. Oh, um, that is interesting, yeah. And so it encourages you to go back and redo the levels. I mean, the first couple I did, I just did it in the, okay, I haven't played Trials for a couple of years. I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to restart to the checkpoint each time I do it, but that doesn't reset your timer. Mm. So you're not going to get your uh, really high uh, leaderboard position. What you really have to do is restart to the start of each level each time you uh, fall off. Right. And you will fall off. You fall off a lot. Because you, you, you mess up a jump or get it wrong or, Ooh, yeah. or land badly and lose all your momentum. Land on your head. <laughs> Lots of scraping your head down the side of a cliff. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, mm. um, it, it's on 
Xbox One, of course, because it was on Games for uh, Gold. So, yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's a nice HD, really fast playing little game. Um, a couple of odd little things. Like when, you, when I started up the first time, it really did seem to want to make it look like I should be buying DLC first. Mm. It started up on the yeah DLC. This is yeah yeah. See, that's that's quite a. I don't know how you how you avoid that, but it's definitely a disincentive. The very first thing you see when you start the game is here's the shop. Give us even more money. Yeah, like, ah, I don't, don't even know like if I like that. Your... Yeah, let, let me just play it a bit. Yeah. So I went back and I started playing for the tutorials, and it was fine. And it's one of those games where the content isn't it really in. The, the number of levels it's in the getting the levels right okay. and so you could have a level where so you're yeah you could have a level where you're fighting with someone over for uh, a long time going backwards and forwards as you're shaving off half a second or whatever mm. it's also got a level designer okay which i've not actually used yet but uh, i imagine is as good as um uh it, it sounds because the, the whole system is the whole game is sort of built using uh, a very um, I stock are, bits put yeah, together. I can imagine levels are quite simple things in general. I mean, the finesse of it all is another, you know, the skill of playing. Yeah, the, the skill's the key. Yeah. And also, uh, you are Essentially, not... if it's just a series of blocks and different inclined ramps, then yeah. you just keep pasting them onto a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, it's stuff like pipes and things. Oh, and this one has, which the original Trials HD didn't remember having, uh, blocks which will move when you get on them. Oh, wow. So a, a, a rock will collapse if you hit it, yeah. or uh, a pipe will tilt. Elevators going up and down and stuff. Oh, there's elevators as well, yeah. <laughs> right. Which is interesting. Uh, very interesting, actually. Uh, it really does uh, mix it up Jumpy quite puzzle a lot. on motorbikes. It basically is. It is <laughs> which is odd, because it's a platforming jumpy puzzle on motorbikes, and I hate platforming and jumpy puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I'm not too keen on motorbikes. <laughs> but apart from all that. Yeah. Apart from that, I do actually really like the game. It's one of those, yeah, it's nice to have just there where you can drop a couple of minutes in or you could drop an hour getting really really angry at depending on your mood i don't really like getting angry in my in my recreational time you know it seems a waste you you do what you want to do i like shouting at my screen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's really good it, it uh probably not currently free on xbox uh at the time you listen or watch this depending on which of that is because uh, it's only got a little Presumably while left. you can actually just go and buy it oh you can just buy it yeah, yeah. you can still buy things on the store yeah yeah do you do that much now that you no, got no, that no. Sort of skull? you just no, wait no, for the game to give them yeah. stuff to come out <laughs> fair enough uh, yeah it's good it's fun it's enjoyable uh little bits heavy on the old uh, dlc sell but apart from that it's exactly what you'd expect hmm, cool um, I need to. Oh, hang on, I need to look it up now because I, I got confused with what the name was. Um, so, with tabletop simulator on Fridays, okay. um, and and we were trying a new thing out, and I need to. There we go. Uh, Zaya Legends of a Drift System. Legends of a, is it Zaya Le- colon? Zaya colon XIA colon yeah. Legends of a Drift System. See, okay, I mean, it's not Legends I of a Drift ex- colon system. What? That, hey, Legends of what? No. Oh, you confused me now. No, no, you're wrong. Okay. I'm just checking. I had to look at. Yeah, I mean, you, could, you wouldn't have been able to remember that name either, would no. you? No, quite. But I'm still forgetting what that castle game was the other <laughs> way. Um, Kingdoms and Castles. Um, yeah, so we were, play, <laughs> we were playing this on Friday on Tabletop Simulator because we've got this problem. We're, we're sort of halfway through a game of Battlestar Galactica, but 
uh, at the, one of the exciting revealed denouement points of turn, where their Cylons were revealed and started wreaking havoc, the, then a couple of people went on holiday in a couple of weeks of That's succession. Really I know, it's terrible. Um, so we're sort of halfway through that, and it's all saved, and we're going to pick that up another time. But, you, but we're trying two weeks off. Trying, out, so yeah. It's you, you, you that's causing the problem. Well, no, because we only need one week when we're all there, and we'll have oh, finished yeah. it. It's only a two-week session. It's not, you know, the whole blinking series. Um so we've been playing different stuff on tabletop simulator, and this this Zaya Legends of it. I've forgotten already. It's gone. Yeah. yeah, Legends of a Down. Yeah, System of a Down. That's it. Yeah, Zaya uh, is basically a space trading combat board game. Okay, it looks a lot on. You know, it's another sort of looks like one thing is actually another type thing. Um, it looks a fair bit like Eclipse and, and your Twilight Imperium with your hexagons of, of space and your little spaceships and stuff. Um, but Does it, it have planets with little rings around that you can only get in for one direction? Um, yes. I saw a video on this. Yes, yes. yes. I actually know what you're talking about. Hey, fantastic. Hey. Um, yeah, yeah. Those those are planetary force fields that they have gates on one particular yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. So you, um, and this is actually this is interesting on a number of levels. So you got the board game itself, and then also the tabletop simulator module, which is a paid DLC module. So and, and you think, God, why does anyone bother with that when there's like a million things in? Because it's probably licensed. It's probably licensed and not actually piracy, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but no, they've actually done a really large amount of scripted work with this thing if i'm if this is the game i'm thinking of uh, on their website they also for the tabletop version yeah the, the paper and pen and paper version yeah. they have all the templates so you can mod it you can mod the so you can print out version. so you can print out new cards and print out new <laughs> hexes that's interesting but anyway yeah so, so yeah basically somebody has spent a lot of time and effort working on because tabletop simulator has a really quite elaborate scripting engine yeah. and all sorts of like back behind the scenes stuff that we never normally look at because you don't really need you, you if, if, essentially if you're just simulating a flat piece of cardboard and a piece yes. and a dice then you don't really need to do much with it you can just get straight on with that i mean you can make your own board games in that vein by you know finding high resolution jpegs or whatever and uploading them as art and putting them on pieces of board virtual cardboard and that's about all the the sort of creation you'd need to do it comes with a whole load of you know chess pieces and whatever as stock models and things you can basically make a game like that but if you know what you're doing and really elaborate and dedicated with it all you can do quite a lot with scripting stuff so so we find it i think uh, embryo down uh, bought it and uh, hosted it up you only need one person to have bought it that's nice basically something we didn't know about tabletop simulator is that only the host needs the module oh not everyone needs to dig off. Oh, so you don't have to spend that hours beforehand. So yeah, all, all trying right to work version. out which one we got and all downloading the same one. No, it, it, the host downloads it and it, then players connecting download from the host. Oh, that's cool. The resources yeah, and stuff. So you sense. don't actually need the module yourself if the host of the game already has it and they need it if they're going to host it. So it's rather clever. Yeah, but that means for the DLC, only the host needs to buy the DLC. Yeah. So I might buy this one anyway. It's pretty good. But um, so yeah, we're connected up, and you find yourself in this big sort of space like it's like the engine room of a spaceship. It looks vaguely Star Wars yeah. styled with like a space window and like planets, star fields, <laughs> and stuff outside. It's all very elaborate. Underneath the table is this big turbine fan thing, which looked a bit worrying. Then you've got the table on top, which looks vaguely sort of a bit like it's a bit styled a bit like the hollow chess table in the Millennium Falcon. Okay. It's that kind yeah. of sort yeah. of curved edges with stuff, and it's covered in buttons and tables and little grids and things, and you can push the buttons and little drawers 
mouse come come out with a humming noise and there's like dice inside and tokens in another drawer and it is so ridiculously over designed <laughs> so we, we spent about 10 20 minutes at the start just pushing buttons and stuff and making making the noises uh the tabletop surface itself has got a, a sort of series of planets and star field sort of planets slowly orbiting underneath it and it's just a flat surface with yeah. like an animated you know image underneath it very confusing a load of hexagons on there that didn't actually map up to the board game itself i mean you know but we spent about 20 minutes half an hour just playing with the fiddly bits and the special effects um you sort of push sideways on this this ship selector thing and different ship template sheets appear in this middle space and the the the, the model that goes with each one appears in the middle, yeah. middle space I imagine for the cardboard game you've only got one of each of these model spaceships and one of each of the ships it just tidies it all away and it made it quite tricky to work out what was the game and what was the mod which ah. is interesting. I, I'd like to see this thing. I mean, I guess I guess because it's a paid DLC, anyone who tries to host their own version of this is going to get taken down very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> which means we're probably not going to see a more conventional "here are just the cardboard pieces" no, type mod of it. Uh, so I don't really know what the actual what's included in the actual game itself. I'll have to because this is this is a, a there's little model it, ships, there's counters, and there's cardboard and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know the rest. There is this is a cardboard game you can go out and buy as a box, you know. So um, it's not just a deal online tabletop simulator exclusive anyway so we finally got to playing the game and you take your ship and the, t- the template and a whole bunch of these it's the old hexagon tiles for yeah. space sectors only these hexagon tiles are quite large and, and cor- you know jagged edged as it were and they each each of those is not one sector each one is about is a, is a small grid of about 15 or 20 sectors on, yeah. on it and they sort of fit together along particular lines symbols have to match along the edges and so on and you can rotate them and so on and so those become the board for your little spaceships you start on various different spawn points and then you we found it was quite a complicated mechanic where your ship has a certain amount of energy so okay uh, and then it has um, a series of arming charges. So there are four tokens that you can take and put on systems of the ship to use those systems. And then to put those those systems then go down into the spent thing and to recharge those back to be able to be used again, you have to use energy from your main bank. It got a little bit bogged down. Yeah. Um, then in addition to that, you so you buy systems to put on the ship, and each ship has got essentially a little Tetris grid that the 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 systems will fit onto. In they have to sort of fit together in a jigsaw fashion. So there's like a space management exercise there. I just ended up going out and buying, spending all my starting money on the biggest engine that I could. Of course, <clears throat> didn't buy anything else. Did uh, that cause a problem? I won. Okay. It didn't cause it didn't cause a problem. No, no. So, so basically, I spent most of the because you can do various different actions during a turn. You can fly to places and use various different areas on the board. There are symbols for buying and selling different resources, which are represented as cubes that go in your ship. Yeah. On the areas you haven't put a, a yeah, system. Yeah, you put on. you put systems down. They block off the. Squares. They block off squares, but any squares you've got left, you can put cargo yeah. in. See, so you have to sort of mess around with so, that. So if you. Uh, uh, gear up too far. You've you got no room to put any yeah. resources. Yeah, nice. There are various planet tiles that appear that you can fly into and go to to buy and sell different types of resources. They're actually trading routes between different planets <laughs> because some of them they typically they'll sell for half of what they buy. So you know all, all routes will earn you twice as much money. Basically, you double up if you you go and do the trading thing. You can fly around attacking people. There's various dice combat rules for that. There's uh, various mission cards. Various okay. pace, there's a symbol on each tile that. 
that lets you pick a mission card from yeah. the deck and it tells you you have to go and do certain things and then they'll pay out by doing those as well. You can do exploring. Um, each tile has a question mark symbol on it somewhere and you, the, a face-down token goes on those and if you get to there you can take the token and see what's on the other side. And it may be a victory point or it may be nothing. Fame points, that's the, uh, the overall thing. You need to try and get these up to a certain amount of fame points to win. Um, and if you fly off the edge of a tile or scan, well, you can you can use energy to scan the edge. What's on the tile next to you? Um, or can you just charge? You can just charge off the edge into the unknown, which I was doing quite a lot, quite reckless to be honest. Um, and you draw a new tile from the deck, add it to the grid, and so on, and you get this big old star map yeah. develop yeah. out, which is nice. There's planets with planetary shields that you can roll a dice to try and charge through, <laughs> um, <laughs> taking damage or bouncing off or, or getting bounty for doing it, or you can go through the actual gate. Where where they want you to go through. Um, you've got various asteroid and debris fields where you can mine stuff um, yeah. if you go to the sector and roll the right sorts of dice and so on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all these different... Norm, the activities you'd normally expect in a game of Elite or something. This is essentially it as a board game. It's quite interesting. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's quite different from like Eclipse, which essentially is your civilization-wide yeah. 4X-type game, whereas whereas Zaya is essentially you and your individual spaceship. We're basically talking Elite in, in, instead of like Master of Orion. And it is interesting. It works. It hangs together. It was a bit complicated to start with. And we, we I couldn't work out how much of this complexity was because the mod was so over the top with all its little buttons and stuff. <laughs> when you pick the ship piece up... Yeah and move it it goes whoosh and it actually has a sort of yellow trail comes out behind it as you move it around so that 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 was another 15 minutes of me <laughs> generally being a child um <laughs> that, that's what i mean it's just the level of, of dude you know whistles and bells yeah. that have been applied to this tabletop simulator module up and on top of and above what the basic cardboard game itself does is astonishing and probably worth the admission fee worth you know paying for a dlc for for tabletop simulator so yeah, so if you work your way around and you have to, um, I think there's so there's a fame track which is your score essentially yeah. around the outside, like your you know, water deep or whatever with your big numbers around the outside. And as people work their way up there, the first person to get to a particular rankings of fame, you pull a fame card from the deck okay. which you place face up, and that becomes a global mission that anyone can attempt to try and do. And then they'll claim that, and that usually has a perk or a benefit as well. We were playing to five points, where the, the track went up to 20. Mm. Um, but, you know, first game, trying to learn how it works. There's also, we didn't use, but there are rules for NPCs as well, which means that I think each time you wrote, you reveal a tile, if it has a certain symbol on it, you can generate an NPC to put on there. And basically, you'll each player will control an NPC ship as well as their own, but the NPC ship has a very specific, it will try and do this, 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 yeah. and this, you know, so you're not actually in charge of it. Um, but yeah, so you'll have like an enforcers which come from lawful planets and will try and hunt people with bounties on. You've got outlaws who come from outlaw planets and they'll try and steal people with steal cargo from people. Uh, and neutral traders who will actually come, they come from neutral planets and they will try and go literally do trading in a sort of particular route between particular planets as stated on this card which means that you've got lots of additional targets for the whole fighty gameplay or piracy or stealing cargo or whatever in and above and on top of just your other players i mean there was a bit of there was a bit of fisty cuffs in the game we yeah. played but we're all generally quite quite uh, polite and civilized yeah, people yeah. so we didn't really do a lot of attacking each other but but um yeah i won in the end because I, I i think mostly because i had this sort of weird QA type mind, which oh dear, yeah. In, in the unlikely event of, I was I was pushing the envelope. I was I was exploring, exploring, exploring. Um, 
I was exploring the exploring mechanic. Basically, I just decided I've got a really fast engine. So the different sized engines you you, you put in your ship take up more and more slots, yeah. cost more and more of the game credits, but the larger engine lets you roll a different dice. It's a bit like that Formula One game we were playing. Oh, that Formula time. D. The Formula D, yeah, which I haven't actually talked about on the show at all. But basically, the bigger your engine, the the larger polyhedron dice you're allowed to use to roll to move. So the the big engine, what, I like had a was... centimetre one or an inch one. <laughs> yeah, it was that big. <laughs> no, it, it was a twelve sided dice for the big engine, whereas the smallest engine you're only allowed to roll a six sided dice, ah. and that's how many squares you move. But of course, you know, it doesn't matter what engine you've got, you can still roll a one. So yeah. we found it was a bit dice, a bit vulnerable. To dice a bit chancy, um, which was Im- impairing people's ability to work on strategies. And I think there's bit. also the fame thing. Um, yeah, if you roll a twenty or something. Yeah, any time you roll a twenty in your turn, you gain a victory point. Yeah, <laughs> you're only allowed, you're only allowed to do that once per turn. But <laughs> you can't just get really lucky. Yeah, just twenty twenty. You can't just find any reason to roll a dice. Well, you're, there's it. lots of reasons to roll dice. Things like trying to fly through a planetary shield without going through the gate is it, is it roll a twenty. Flying into an asteroid field, roll a twenty. See if you're hit. You know, trying to do mining. You know, roll a twenty. See if you mine or whether you take damage. Uh, so there's a lot of twenty d sided dice, and and that was odd as well because a lot of those seem to be they seem to shake out as a fifty percent chance of doing what you wanted and fifty percent chance of something going wrong and you losing damage yeah. or energy or something and again so if i had any criticisms of the game i mean it's visually very interesting and there's lots of little things to explore even you know even with the cardboard game let alone the mod with all the whistles and bells but i mean criticisms i suppose is that it does seem quite dicey quite chancy and and i suppose you know a lot of games use that to to prevent you know just a chess master winning at chess yes yeah. but you have to apply that carefully i suppose otherwise yeah. you sort of don't end up with a satisfying game i don't know but i would definitely play it again it's a very interesting sort of thing i mean just you know exploring game mechanics my strategy in the end was i'm just going to fly off the nearest edge of any any tile that hasn't been explored yet and i basically burnt through the entire 20 <laughs> 20 tiles of, <laughs> of unexplored stuff i think a few other people got some in but i, I explored most of them and yeah boom this is just massive galaxy became did you try and just go off in one direction so it wouldn't fit on the table no no i i i, I you know me i abhor holes in in, <laughs> in in grids like that i have to fill them in but uh so we end up with quite a nice tight galaxy there i think i've got some video you can probably see it but um yeah, the thing is, if you fly off, if you fly off the edge, you have to declare which hexagon you're going into on the new tile, and if that's yeah. got a hazard in it, you immediately you know, oh, start rolling D20. dice and stuff. Yeah, exactly. D twenty to see if you blow up. And I got just so lucky on those. <laughs> I just went and went and went, and then I flew into the sun and blew up. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the tiles is a star, the star Zia, um, which if you if you fly into it, you're just dead. Uh, so oh, that was good. I, I set the controls to the heart of the sun. It was brilliant. What happens when you're dead? Uh, right, so you respawn. You roll a dice uh, and respawn on that number. There's like each spawn point has okay. numbers on it. Um, what you, twenty do you get? Uh? On twenty, you can choose which oh, one you want. Okay. So there's nineteen different numbers on there on the tiles. Uh, you respawn. You because you're in the starter ship, you just get that ship back again. Um, <laughs> you have the option of buying bigger ships with your money. Okay. So you, I, mean, I mean, if you're playing up to 20 points, that's probably quite useful. But for five victory points, not worth yeah. bothering with. Just get out there and do stuff. Um, so, yeah, there are tier two and three ships that are larger, have better capabilities and so on, that cost money to upgrade and so on. So you would get bumped back down to tier one if you blew up. I was only in tier one. You lose all your cargo, didn't have any cargo. Yeah. You lose your missions, didn't have any missions. Because uh, I was just just flying yeah. around like yeah. an arse, Yeah. <laughs> 
And now you knew where the sun was. And also I respawned back to somewhere where I could then immediately jump into getting on with some other stuff. So that was good. It was like it was like they, they like they called they called it the suicide winder, as uh, known to elite circles. Yeah, yeah. It's basically death taxi back to somewhere useful where I could crack straight on. So I gained quite a lot of victory points from from exploration. Then I think I just cranked up some cranked up the remaining couple by doing um, doing trading. Which, you know, there was a couple of planets happened to be quite near each other with the stuff. Oh, that's right. I went off and did some reckless mining in a, uh, in a, basically, I just didn't care. I was, I was, I was playing stupid reckless and, and just got really lucky with dice, which oh. I think, I don't know how disgruntled everyone else was about all that. But yes, I went to a debris field and managed to mine two cubes of cyber. It's a resource. Uh, and then flew it to a planet where they buy lots of cyber and sold it for money. <sighs> So I was selling cyber for money in that one, the game. So I quite enjoyed it. I, th- I mean, the, the the mod itself is insane. There's just so many bonkers little whistles. And b- I mean, we had had troubles at one point. Thinking, I'm a bit nervous about heavily scripted tabletop simulator yeah. games because if they go wrong, there's no way back. It no. just screws everything because you're relying on the the stuff hanging together. We tried. But, but, there was a Carcassonne we tried uh, that had automatic scoring. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's it, not the easiest problem in the world not, to solve. It's not easy, no. I mean, how would you write that? But, but it worked as far as it went. But I think we did something, or some, some. For some reason, it became detached or fell through the gaps or something, and we just couldn't get it to work after yeah. that. We had to abandon the game. So, so. But this seems to be tested, you know. Yeah. Which, if you're well, doing scripting, point, it's programming. You need testing. Yeah. You know. At, at this point, you're actually buying a computer game. It is a yeah. It's essentially. I mean, okay, it's on a particular platform, tabletop simulator, but, but it's, it's, it's it just is just using an engine. Yeah. That is an engine at that point, yeah, exactly. But this seems to have been tested. We didn't seem to. We had some troubles, and I think that was more server communication stuff rather than the module itself breaking down. Yeah. The, the drawers was not working suddenly, and it seemed like lag or rubber banding. So disconnect, start, restart, join. That's the good thing with tabletop simulators. As long as the host is still running, you can just jump straight back in, choose your color side again, and immediately pick up where you yeah, were, yeah. where it is. So, so that's good. I mean, obviously, if the host crashes, then the whole thing's gone. But it does auto save every couple of turns or every so often. So it's quite robust in that regard. I mean, I've you know gushed about Tabletop Simulator itself on many occasions. I think it's brilliant. It really is absolutely clever. But uh, this is Zaya Legends of the Drift System is interesting. I you know it, it's it's one of those games that appeals to you if you like lots and lots of twiddly things, lots of options, lots yes. of lots yeah. of agency, lots of different things to explore. Both literally exploring tiles and also exploring game mechanics and, and you know options that are available. It, I like I love that kind of thing. I, I, I you know I just get desperately bored, sat down in front of chess or something. You know, yeah. oh god, you know <laughs> here we go, snakes and ladders again. You know, Mono- Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. There's there's very little to explore in a game of Monopoly. There's very very little different types of strategy you can follow yeah you know it's, it's basically buy everything you land on then try and try and get everyone else to land on it you know but um so yeah i'd, I'd recommend that i can't remember i don't know how much it is it's gonna be it's, it's not gonna be huge it's gonna be a couple of quid it's you know these modules in tabletop simulation are not full price you know 30 30 quid games they're, they're usually a couple of quid if that so uh, look for that if you're a tabletop simulator fan and give it a go. Also, yeah, have a look for the the, the cardboard game as well. It's it's out there. You can buy. It. I don't know nothing about how to find that or how much that is. You go to a cardboard game shop, I suppose. Yeah, or you can order it from Amazon or whatever. I mean, yeah. I've just got there. We go. Yeah. So I was looking, trying to find the name. Uh, it took me to Board Game Geek, and they're giving it a seven point eight yeah. out, of, out of ten. Yeah, uh, people complain about the randomness. Yeah, uh, and also stuff. I heard some bad things about the mining. Yeah, the mining. Well, you wouldn't expect the mining to be so hazardous. That is a fifty-fifty chance of taking damage while you're mining. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, you'd think, you'd think miners would be more competent at that. But, I don't know, I've played uh, Eve. So it says three to five players, 60 to 180 minutes playing time. Yeah. Uh, age 12 plus, uh, weight. They, got, they give things a complexity rating out of five, and they've put 3.10 as their sort of aggregate polling on that. So there you go. Uh, and I guess there's a company. Name. 3.10, is that 3.10 out of 3. 3.10 out of five. From... Point 0.10. So it's 0.10 actually 0.1? I suppose, yeah. No, because that'd be 0.01, wouldn't it? Oh, good point. Mm, yeah. Um, publisher, Far Off Games, Maltido Games. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, you can Google for that. Zaya Legends of a Drift System. Yes. Of a Down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. Silly name. Terrible name. We, we've had that a couple of times recently. Yeah, yeah. Naming games is hard. <laughs> all the good, all the good are gone. All the good names are gone, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was good. Well, yeah. Hopefully we'll be playing that again. I liked it. Yeah. Over to you. I've got more thoughts on Slime Rancher. Okay. If, at the end of the last time, uh, my thoughts on Slime Rancher were I had got to a certain point and I didn't know where the game was going to go next. Mm. And now I know where the game's going to go next. Yeah. And so I have thoughts on that. Okay. And I shall now say what they are. All right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good build-up. I'm trying to be um, too sensible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> slime Rancher is a game where you're uh, ranching slimes. You basically pick up slimes, put them in a pen... Feed them food, take their poo, sell their poo. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you can breed slimes by giving them the poo of another animal <laughs> and it becomes a, a crossbreed slime. You know, I just have one of those moments of clarity. I'm 42 and I'm sat here talking about slime poo with a, in earnest seriousness. Uh, yeah. Hey, carry on. That's what I can. <laughs> Good. Um, yes. So, what are your thoughts on Slime Rancher? It's silly. <laughs> what does it's any quite of, horrific. What does any of it mean? Yeah. No, it's completely pointless. <laughs> but uh, you're presumably enjoying it in some fashion. Or I thought on, I was. Some... <laughs> no, I've done it. Just don't pull at that curtain. Anyway, I'd got to the point where I had a bunch of the slimes. I was unlocking more slimes by exploring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get new keys by... You find a large slime, you have to give them a certain amount of resources, then... They basically explode and give you a key or, and stuff, and so I was Gosh. getting I was getting to a point where I had uh, I was just getting through all that, and I had un- unlocked uh, a workshop which uh, is the second tier of mechanics. The first mechan- oh. first tier is just you are getting slimes, you're feeding slimes, you're getting stuff, you're selling. So stuff. far, so iPhone yeah. quicker. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but the mechanics are. Uh, uh, Expand greatly when you start being able to make stuff. Okay. So you can make a mining machine. Right. And to make a mining machine, you'll need a bunch of plots, which is the slime poo. Uh, and um, you put this down and come back 25 minutes, 15 minutes later, depending on what type it is, and it will give you a bunch of resources it's dug up. Mm-hmm. And depending on which region you put it in, different resources. Okay. And there's a bunch of different uh, harvesting machines, and you can make stuff like teleporters and interesting things that make getting around a little bit quicker, getting the resources you need to make the new stuff uh, even easier. And I now know what the answer is to where does the game go. Yeah. And the game basically goes up until the point where you have everything. <laughs> and then you wait for them to add something new. Ah, right. So this all this resource acquisition is acquisition for its own sake. Then you don't well, really do anything particularly. 
Well, you just get, you get the ability to get new resources, which unlock more resources, <laughs> and that is not a problem because if we're going to be uh, going Sounds down like that route, sort of we're going to be considering how every game is that, and oh my god, why are we uh, playing games? Well, yeah, and, and we we've already gone off enough on this bit <laughs> in dangerous, dangerous thin ice. Uh, we're unraveling. We fast. may ruin everything. Yeah. Okay, so, so does it feel like they sort of finished too early, or they had to get something out? There's, well, no, it, or there's just a potential for it's more. been open uh, early access for a while. Oh, and is this even released? I think it's version one. Okay, but yeah, they're still adding stuff, and mm. um, it feels like a game that's had a lot of care and attention put into it um, as it goes along. Yeah, and I think that there's a whole swathe of content beyond me at the moment that i need to do but once i've done all that i know that, that i will have to sort of back away from the game i can maybe do all of the achievements and whatever yeah or or just sort of uh, give it up but i think that i've still got enough hours left in playing time do you think to make it worthwhile in fact i'm thinking of starting again hmm. do you think if you sort of give it come back in three months they'll have added whole new layers of mechanics on top is that, it that sort of feel to the development of it uh, not whole layers it, of okay, mechanics. It's not not but, technically early access anymore, but it sounds like they're all continually yeah. adding um, stuff. So far, they've added interesting things. People have been asking them about automation. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you, how, how could you automate it's the farm? You're more... having to pick up food from a farm, take it to uh, the uh, pen, feed it, uh, put it into the feeder, and then it will automatically pick up the plots. Then you can suck them out and either put it into your Sounds workshop like any or hoppers. the thing. So yeah, some form of a mechanic to automatically <laughs> moving resources from A to B would be nice. Yeah, fluid pipes or whatever. I mean, you're sort of bordering onto advanced Minecraft modding type yeah. sort of thing. Is it, yeah. Has it got mod capacities? Uh, I'm playing on the Xbox version, so definitely uh, not. Right, uh, yeah. I would. I don't know about the PC version. Um, I, I suppose if they were going to go so. anywhere with it, that might be a direction to open it up to modding and see well, what people can come up with in terms I don't, of mechanic I don't and process. think that the game really has enough there for modding. Mm. It, it's a bit too focused, and the first mods anyone is going to put in are the ones which take away the gameplay. Just make it really, really easy and yeah. hands off. Yeah, yeah. And half of the gameplay cycle in this is the pick up from here, put in there. I've done a thing. I've collected it. It's made pleasing noises while I did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think if you were to get rid of that and just sort of end up just waiting, starts to change yeah, it into yeah, something else. It's yeah. like in our Minecraft world where so much of the time is spent saying. Well, I'll just leave it a week and it'll sort it everything. That does, yeah, having a persistent server does make a lot of things easier than people. I, I imagine anyone, I don't know if anyone's trying to play along at home to our Minecraft thing, but if they're doing it on a on a local, non-persistent hosted thing, it, you're, you're yeah, at a massive nightmare. disadvantage because you're having to wait for resources well, to accumulate it, all the it's time. It's filling the battery. Yeah, yeah. Or, we or waited a week. We need, a, we need another 8,000 diamond cubes, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. I've got another 8,000 diamond cubes. <laughs> right, I'll get to work. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's a game which doesn't have an end, but I think there's a satisfying bit at the end where you've mastered everything and you can walk away happily. Okay. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, are no. these meant to be entirely new lifestyles? No. Or, or Games are meant to have an end, and if they don't have an end, that's bad. 
Well, not necessarily. There's some I like that don't seem to have any kind of end of Minecraft we're doing. I mean, Skyrim's a perennial favourite for me. There are games I will... I mean, X Rebirth, oddly enough, you know. One of the eighth worst PC game of all time, according to Metacritic or 12th or something. That is one I'm just continually playing because I've got a massive stellar empire of lots of little moving parts and it's it's like a giant aquarium in a way. Lots of stuff moving around and the transport tycoon of it all becomes really absorbing. So it's surprising what, what... becomes a really good long run thing and what what will just come and go and disappear without a trace i mean you don't hear much about dragon age inquisition these days do you or, no, or no. mass effect andromeda or uh, no you hear about mass effect andromeda but only badly i saw a thing saying they're stopping piece single player support on that yeah mm. yeah so sales they, they, good enough. they've gotten bored of it already and they're moving on yeah oh, sales weren't good enough well whatever drives us stuff yeah yeah so i mean not everything is meant to last forever it's nice that some do you know the, the ones that you really enjoy seem to pick up and just go and go yeah. and often it's not even anything that the people who've released it are doing i know they haven't released anything new for sky with for skyrim in, in years no, but no. the mod, well, modding scenes they've released there. Skyrim about three more times well yeah I think there's a VR one on the way or something oh. but, uh, I've, I've played Skyrim in VR for a bit oh yeah yeah. Um, so did I with my stupid Google Cardboard yeah, phone it's thing terrible, isn't it's, it? it's really bad you yeah. would not want to play Skyrim in VR it's a long game also, well yeah exactly but also I don't think it has proper 3D does it uh, either so that's, yeah, that's, that's going to be the big thing is it yeah uh, I don't know yeah so yeah so Slime Rancher Slime Rancher's good Enjoying it for the moment? Yes. Not I'm, anticipating it going to last for long ages I'm, I'm ages. anticipating getting to a point in the game where I'm going to walk away happy and it's not going to leave a nasty uh, taste in my That's mouth like so many games have. Not a bad thing, no. Being able to walk away from things saying, yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not much to ask, is it? Uh, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Right, well, I'm out of stuff. So yeah, I'm out of stuff. Well. If you go on to hannahmurdertime.com, you can see this and all our previous episodes and the old Van Hemlock podcast. You can also go along to YouTube and catch the video versions of all this and our other stuff like our Minecraft. Ooh. And you can also go along to Hannah Dice on YouTube and you can see my tabletop stuff, which is so good. Actually, the last episode of you in, so, yeah. He's gone solo, yeah. Yeah, I might not have you in the next episode. Fine, I don't want to be in the next episode. That's okay, I don't want you to be in the yeah. next episode. And if you join us next time, we'll have more stuff and probably more bickering. See you later. Goodbye.